0: It's an honor to be able to speak to y'all tonight. I'm uh, thankful that <clears throat> that Brother Lynn invited me, and for whatever reason, from the time he asked me if I would speak tonight, I've known what I was supposed to what I was supposed to speak on. Either that, or I'm just totally in left field. One or the other. I'm going to read out of John 14 the first three verses and then several out of John 16 part of y'all don't know the reason that y'all don't see me on Sunday morning is because I'm at Hunters Creek Health and Rehab having church with my nursing home family I've been having church there on Sunday mornings for over 30 years. And uh, I tell them a lot of times when I'm speaking to them that I might need my message more than they do and that might be the case. That might be the case tonight. And I always tell them how important it is to be prepared. So we're going to start out with John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. And I tell them that Heaven is a prepared place, and we have to be a prepared people to to receive our heavenly home. <clears throat> and then over in, in 16 it says, These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogue, yea, the time cometh when whosoever kill you will think they doeth God's service. And these things they will all say unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, and when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And that these things I said unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, where goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And then, he, when he is come, he will reprove the world of its sin and of righteousness and of judgment." Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you. I thank you, dear Jesus, for this opportunity to be here tonight. I pray, dear Lord, that you would bless the reading of your word. I pray that you would bless these things that I have to say tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would use me to be a blessing to someone, to help someone who's in need tonight. Most importantly, as always, dear Jesus, we pray if there's a person here tonight that don't know you, that they could find salvation before we leave this house. In your name we pray. Amen. And today, the title of my message is Why Jesus Went Away. Why Jesus Went Away. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will come, but if I depart, I will send him. It is expedient for you that I go away. Sometimes in our life, things come our way and it make, it's easy for us to get on the pity party train. If the devil can get us feeling sorry for ourselves, he knows that we're ineffective. And he knows that he has gone a long way towards winning when he gets us involved in that pity party. Lots of times, and you think about it, how many times has something happened in your life and you would say, Lord, why did this happen to me? Whether it be a spat with your wife or something else in your family or a financial thing or when problems arise in the house of the Lord or just any of those things, we'll say, Lord, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? And I know that lots of things happen that makes it hard for us to understand what he meant when he said in Romans 8 and 28, all things work together to the good of them that love the Lord. Lots of times that's hard to understand, real hard. I read a thing that was written by this man. And he had a sales tour in the southwestern United States. There was lots of area to cover, lots of mountains, lots of desert. And he said the best way for him to travel in his territory was by plane. So he bought him a small plane and he was traveling. And I guess this particular time he had been in one of those pity parties. He'd been feeling sorry for himself. So he was flying along and he said he saw this. There was a, a tractor-trailer on the road going slow in the mountains, and this car behind him kept trying to pass him, and he would dart out, and he would have to get back in. And he said the Lord showed him from up there in that airplane. That's the way it is with Christians. That's the way it is with, with lots of people. He said, from where I was... I could see that the road was clear. I could tell him, I could know that there was traffic, no traffic anywhere in sight, and it would be okay for him to pass that vehicle, but I didn't have any way of letting him know that the road was clear. So I say that when things come up, all we do is look at the part of the puzzle that affects us, not the whole thing. So for just a few minutes, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the apostles. And imagine what it was like when Jesus dropped this bomb on them. Things was going good. They were having people saved on a regular basis. They were praying and the the dead were being brought back to life. People that were crippled were healed where they could walk. All kind of things was going on. Jesus' ministry had grown to the point that there was no place where they could have church inside. They had to go outside to have church because there was nowhere to hold them. Things was really going away. Ever since before the children of Israel went to to Egypt, and then after, when they were exiled after the fall, they had been comforted in their times of trouble by promises from the the prophecies that that the king was coming, that the Messiah was coming, that going to set up a kingdom, and that they, that that's what kept them going. That's what kept them going. So in this group, you had at least. One person that was a lawyer and they had given up their practice. There was at least one that was a doctor and he had given up his practice. We know that there was at least four fishermen and they had given up their business. In fact, when they walked away, their boats were sitting at the seashore so full of fish they were about to sink and they just turned around and walked off. There was a tax collector who had given up his position. There was all of these people that had given up They had left their families at home where they could be part of this movement, be part of this kingdom. And then all of a sudden, Jesus dropped it on them. It is expedient for you that I go away. It is expedient for you that I go away. Think just a minute and let that soak in. They had given up everything to be part of his ministry. And he tells them, It is expedient for you that I go away. And to that I say, and we think we have problems. I'm not trying to make any of your problems look little. Lord knows I have plenty. My wife has heard me say lots of times, I was a very successful consultant in the maintenance business for heavy equipment. I work at Thompson Tractor, and I've been very successful She got to go lots of places on Caterpillar's Dime because I won all kind of awards that we would have never got to do. And one day, I lost my mind and raised my hand and said, I want to be a manager. (laughs) I tell her all the time, I didn't know a bunch of grown men could be that needy. (laughs) And there have been times that I felt like I just wanted to run screaming off into the sunset (laughs) and I thought that I really had a problem but the problem that I was having was nothing to compare to what the apostles what came their way the day that Jesus said I'm gonna go away so why did Jesus go away why did Jesus go away first and foremost he went to prepare a place for us. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go, I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, there he may be also. And Dennis's version of that is, hey guys, I know that y'all are going to be sad and y'all are going to be unhappy because I'm going away. I'm leaving you. And I know that you're not going to like it. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I wonder about that place a lot of times. I've traveled a little bit, not a lot, and I've seen some very beautiful places. And then I think that man has had Ever how many hundred years to get it in the mess it's in now. And it's still beautiful, still lots of beautiful things. And I think that he did that in six days and then took a rest. And I think how beautiful my heavenly home will have to be if he's been working on it all this time. (laughs) So he says, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. You know, if you buy real estate here, you have all these things that have to happen. You have the inspection and you have to have a, a title search done and all those different kind of things. People are looking out for your well-being. When Jesus died on the cross and rose on the third day, he took care of all that at one sweep. He came back and nursed him along for a few more weeks, and then he went back. He went back. So he went to prepare a place for us. He, he left that the Comforter might come. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. If, it, if I go the comforter will come. Again, that's Dennis's version. John 14 and 16 says, And I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jesus had been giving them these hints. He had been dropping them hints all along but they weren't really thinking in the right. They were thinking a whole lot in the physical and in the earthly and in the body and not thinking in the spiritual realm. I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter. You say, Brother Dennis, what is this comforter that you keep talking about? Acts 1 and 5 says... For John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, not many days hence. And then Acts 1 and 8. says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So he left that the Comforter might come. He left so that men everywhere might have his presence with them all the time. When Jesus preached out on the hillside, it tells us that he had 5000 men and then we don't know how many women and children were there to go along with to go along with all that so that was a pretty good sized crowd but in the grand scheme of things 10000 people or whatever was nothing 10000 people was nothing So by going away, he became omnipresent. He was no longer limited to his physical human body. And he was able to be everywhere all the time to anybody that wanted or needed him. Anybody. Not a select few. Not a select few. Then in Mark... 16 and 15, and he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. Then in Luke, he told the apostles that repentance and remission of sin had to be preached among all nations. And in order for these two things to happen, he had to go away. He had to go away. He could be with two or three of them at a time but he couldn't be with all of them. It is expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go away, you're not going to be able to preach the gospel in all the world. You're not going to be able to go here. You're not going to be able to speak and preach for the remission of sin and that you might have salvation. He went away that man would have to walk by faith. Have to walk by faith. When he was here, his apostles could depend on him. They were right there. He was right there with them. And they could depend on him. But they couldn't do everything that they needed to do everything that they had to do if he was there. We're told that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Today we're able to be saved because Jesus went away. We're able to be saved because Jesus went away. He died on the cross that I might have salvation. I didn't deserve any of the things that He has done for me. I've failed Him. I've let Him down. But He loved me enough that He died on the cross for me. He looked all these years down and saw me and said, I don't know why, but He's worth saving. He's no respecter of person. Anything that He did for me He did it for every one of you. The biggest thing that the devil likes to do, he likes to convince you or try to convince you that you need to mend fences and take care of things before you can get saved. It's just one of his tricks. None of that's important. You have to be born again. Jesus went away that we can be saved by grace. The comforter that Jesus sent when he went away, according to Matthew Henry, is the convictor that lets us know Jesus is ready to save us. It's the one... That comforter is the thing that enables us to feel that tug at our heart. I grew up in church. I was like lots of, <clears throat> lots of people. I was one of them. Get saved, backslide. All the time I was a teenager. My daddy got killed in a construction accident when I was six years old. My mother liked from December. My daddy got killed on October the sixteenth, and my mom liked from then till December the eighteenth. Being twenty-seven years old when he got killed, as far as I know, she never had a date. She dedicated her life to raising me. I can remember she had a place for in a pine thicket behind the house where she went to pray out in the country. I can remember her praying. I can remember her speaking in tongues. And there was probably lots of things I would have done, but I didn't want to hurt my mother because I knew how bad it would hurt her if she found out I did lots of things. Did lots of things she didn't find out. I just had graduated from high school. I had a decent job. I had a nearly new car. There was some months I paid two payments on my car. I was having myself a good time. I went to church only as often as I had to because I knew if I sat there very long that the comforter would get a hold of me and I would have to go pray. I was walking through the house one morning. She said, Dennis, I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I have kept you safe on my prayers as long as I can, it's time for you to worry about your own soul. That was like a bucket of cold water, Sloan. You know, where did that come from? What was that all about? It don't matter how deep in sin you've been. It don't matter what all you have done. Jesus died on the cross for you. He ascended back to heaven for you, he sent the comforter for you. I like to think of the Holy Spirit as being my lifeline, like on the old Batman thing there was the hotline when they really needed when they really needed him, you know they call that hotline and Batman got on the Holy Spirit. That hotline that Batman had ain't nothing compared to what we have because Jesus died on the cross, because he went away, because he sent that comforter. It's our lifeline. That's what, when we get a little bit out of line and we get our legs striped, you ain't never had a spank until you get spanked by the Holy Spirit. But he died for you. He died for me. He died because He loved us so much. I tell people all the time, I love my wife and my two daughters unconditionally. And I've got some friends that I love Almost as much as I love them. But if it comes down to me saving somebody else or one of them, my best friend's in trouble. But God didn't do that, He let His son die. Everybody always quotes John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To me, the next one is, is equal. For God sent not His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And I praise the Lord that He did. I thank Him that He left, that He went away, And then one more time, Jesus' statement, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. But if I do, I'll send Him. So why did He go away? He went to prepare a place for you. He left that the Comforter might come. He left that every man no matter where he is, can be in the presence of my Lord and Savior anytime. And he went away that man would walk by faith. That man would walk by faith. Money can't buy it. Research can't reproduce it. It's undying love. Jesus went away ultimately that everybody in here could have salvation. He went away where, when we're having problems and we need help, we can call on Him. He went to prepare us a mansion. In my father's house are many mansions.